What's up, everybody? This is Dan. I am here with my outstanding cohort slash colleague slash friends slash football knowledge base, Joseph Massey. And this, of course, is 4D. As you know, Dallas, we talk a lot about the draft, which, hey, we're not there yet, but college season starts soon. We're getting there. And of course, doomsday defense, which we're all hoping to actually get back to. Um, so this week we had our first game. We had our first game. It was a preseason game. I, I think most analysts, most of us who, who write and cover the Cowboys all said, do not expect a ton out of this game. Um, you know, they left a whole bunch of people back 16. I think it was, they left 16 players back. Uh, there was a lot of starters who didn't really play. You know, we all kind of knew it was really about depth and that this game was not going to be pretty. Um, there's a couple of spots, you know, you were like, all right, cool, cool, cool. There were some spots where you were like, oh, dear God, I never want to see this player set foot on a field ever again. And for anybody. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, I, I think it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. Um, now, look, it, the first thing I want to get out of the way, Joseph, something we actually haven't talked about. Um, I am surprised they did not bring a camp kicker a leg into into camp just to do things like preseason games. Um, you know, we had Niswinder kicking and it was almost comical. Um, but like, that's one thing I was a little surprised at. And, and you almost always think almost every team does this. Is that an indictment on fossil or like, what do you think of that? Yeah. I've, I have kind of mixed feelings about this because I was wondering the same thing, like, you know, uh, going into the game, I think I heard, um, obviously, I'm not at camp every day. I don't know. I'm going off of what people say on Twitter, but I, I, I think uh, I was seeing that people said they only like practice, like they're going through the motions of snapping and holding, but they only practice kicking the ball like two or three times prior to the game, like only two or three field goals prior to the game. And then so going into it, um, Dave Hellman tweeted out that, uh, you know, zero line wasn't going to be there. And I said, I, who's going to kick or are we just going to go for it on fourth down all the time? Because I'm all for that. You know, just go for it. And he, uh, Dave Hellman replied and said, well, nice wander has been kicking and can kick. Well, Dave, I'm, I'm questioning that now. Um, uh, <laughs> the first one he made was very short. I think it was a 30 something yard field goal, um, but it was wobbly and weird. And like I, when he kicked it down, it went in and I was like, uh, that, that wasn't confidence building, um, you know, and then the rest of them were just awful. There was one that like he straight Mike Vanderjack that and just sent it off into and, and down the down the tunnel on the, the corner of the stadium, you know, yeah, and, it like disappeared to ether. I don't even oh, know. <laughs> man, it was it was awful. And like, so I, I wonder, like, is it an issue, you know, or is it just the confidence they have one in Zerline as their kicker? And two, that he's going to be ready week one. And not just that he's going to be there week one, that he's going to be ready to kick and he's going to be kicking field goals week one. Because what else can it be unless you're just, they're just totally oblivious? And which, which for somebody like, you know, Fossil is as touted as he is at special teams, like I find it hard to believe he would just be like, hey, we don't need kickers, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, I find that really hard to believe because that's his job. Like that's what he's known for. That's I, yeah, I'm super confused by it. I mean, we didn't really, nobody's really talked about it. There's been 
one or two people who've kind of made a comment here and there you'll find, but I, I wanted to throw that one out there before we got to the meat and potatoes, because I thought it was very odd because most teams, most teams will at least bring a camp leg in, even if it's yeah. just one to kind of kick, right. To take some of the load off um, and let their, who they know is going to start. And plus it gives them a showcase to, to potentially, you know, maybe get on another team, but Cowboys decided not to do that. I thought it was weird and it was pretty apparent. Um, we'll see how they, you know, go for game two, but it's it pretty apparent that nice wonder is a punter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no. not a kick. And not a kicker. For sure. For sure. No, I don't think there's any question. Um, so uh, to the rest of the game, um, look, early on, we all kind of knew what we would see. We we knew there would be uh, a decent amount of the starters, you know, playing. Y- you knew you were going to see Joseph. You knew you were going to see Wright. You knew you were going to see Parsons. You, you knew you were going to see some of those younger guys. Um you know, some of them look really good. There was some goods. There were some bads. There was some the preseason game one. Not all the starters were there. You know, that was kind of the football that I think most people expect out of a, a preseason game one. Um, as soon as they came out, that's the part I want to talk about because you kind of know what you're going to get with with that first, you know, couple series. Man, let let's first quarterback play. Look, I think Garrett Gilbert absolutely is right now your number two quarterback. And I don't think it's close. Um, You know, and and unfortunately we've talked about it. I don't think they carry three. If they keep a guy in the practice squad, only one of the other two has practice squad eligibility, but man, if I'm being real honest with you, I do not want Danucci as my practice squad guy. Look, he can move his legs, but man, his pocket presence, his ability to plant and throw his reads, his, it's just not there. And, I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to keep him on practice squad, if they're going to find somebody else, but man, that was concerning. Yeah. In that game, it was really concerning and I get it. People are trying to be like, Oh, he was a seventh round draft pick. Oh, he didn't have preseason last year. Like I, I get it. There's a ton of excuses, but he's a seventh round draft pick for a reason. He's got a lot of mechanical flaws, not even just in his footwork and his foot placement and planning and throwing, but his throw, his mechanics are all off and they're trying to fix it in camp. And that's what they were, they were talking about. And if you watch the practice they had yesterday against the Rams, they, they live broadcast it. They were talking about it there too. As he was throwing there, he was throwing overhand mm-hmm. because they're trying to get him to throw overhand. But when he gets in game situations, he reverts to sidearm. And everybody's talking about last year where he made a, a sidearm, a nice sidearm throw in, in, in the game. And it was like, oh, you know, the jokes about Patrick Mahomes and everything like that. Like, I get it. But that's just his natural throw. He tries to do it every time when he's yeah. under pressure or something. And you don't need to. And you, you really, it's not proper mechanics. And you can't get a really great throw side, sidearming it every time. You know, well, and, and he takes chances with it. It's not and, even this yeah. that you know. I mean, Bernie Kosar did it for years. Like, mm-hmm. look, there, there are some people. Yes, there right. are. Exceptions. Bernie Kosar did it for years, but you know, the thing with Danucci is he's taking these chances on these throws, and he's throwing it into like weird situations. And he's so it's not even that you're sidearming it; you're sidearming it into double coverage. You know, and you're like, what? You shouldn't have thrown that in any way. Like. And now you're throwing at sidearm, which is not giving your wide receiver any chance to make that play. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, look, they keep him, they keep him, but 
I, if I'm, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm like, man, I'm going to carry two and I'm going to look for a practice squad guy that might, I might, I feel like I might be able to develop a little better. Um, look, I mean, he had that great scramble. That was really nice. He's done a couple things that you're like, okay, but the package as a whole, I I'm okay. Like if they say, you know what, we got to go a different route. Okay, um, Dan, real quick. Uh, we yeah. do have our guest. He is in the waiting ah, room. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So guys, we have a very special guest. We will come back to the preseason game. Um, our special guest is here. Uh, Joseph. I'm going to admit him in right now. Hello. Coach, how are you doing? Good. I apologize. Nope. Understand. Understand. If you're, if you're busier than us, then we, we totally get it because we're already, we're late sometimes for our own stuff. We're good. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Shoot. I apologize. I just got stuck on a couple of things and nah, you know, looked at my wife goes, Hey, your phone's ding. Like, Oh shit. Cause it's two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. I, I got five kids and a grandson. Like I'm never on time for anything. So you know what? Life happens, my man, life happens. Um, so welcome, welcome to 4D. Of course, we do Dallas specific stuff. Uh, we do, we talk a lot about drafts when the draft comes up, we prepare for the draft uh, as we did this year. And of course we talk a lot about our doomsday defense, which of course is the staple of the Cowboys, right? Everybody remembers the old doomsday defense. Um, <laughs> and of course, and of course your specialty is, is you kind of fit into all three of these. So um, if we, if you please, please introduce yourself for our listeners. Great. How you doing? I'm Coach John Beam. I'm the head football coach at Laney College and the athletic director. Yeah, and if uh, any of you don't haven't followed Laney College, uh, you can check out the amazing series uh, Last Chance You on Netflix. Um, their college was featured for a year. I loved the series. Uh, that's when I was first introduced to you, Coach, and and learned about your program. It was it was outstanding. It, it was just a fantastic series. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, you guys. Um, you know, look, we all try to do the best that we can, right? And, you know, the show kind of got to sh show people a little bit about who we were. Um, but, you know, what we, do, what we need to understand is what we do. We do it because we love it, not because we get accolades on shows, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, our, someone asked me the other day, this is pretty ironic, I think, for me anyways, especially since you guys are Dallas fans, right? <laughs> but, but uh, you know, Jerry Jones has this beautiful stadium, right? I mean, that's kind of his legacy, the stadium, right? And someone said, well, what's going to be your legacy? We want to name the field or something after you. I go, I don't want that. They go, why? Because that means you're dead usually, right? But <laughs> more importantly – my legacy is going to be the young people that I've been able to coach and teach over 41 years. Actually, this is my 42nd year of coaching. So my legacy, I want it to be a living legacy, right. Of the folks that I've been around. So, um, yeah. So when you do something you love, right. It's kind of fun. Oh yeah. I had so much respect for you coach watching that show. And when they, they got to it and they asked you, you know, you've had opportunities to go to the, the next level, high, next level, higher levels. And what, some people might consider a more prestigious job in coaching and just because of what you've been able to accomplish. And you're like, look at these, these players that they're my legacy. That's what I want to do. These are the kids that I want to help and get them to that level. And uh, I, I thought it was a tremendous answer. And, and I've, I gained a lot of respect for you even more than I had watching that show. Well, you could tell, you know, Mr. Jerry Jones that if he had the right job for maybe I'd go over and try something different. <laughs> we'll, we'll let him know. We'll let him know. 
Uh, trust me, I feel the same way. If you had the right job for me, I'm over there in a second. I, I feel you. So, so we have a player that we drafted this year, uh, yes. obviously on our defense. Um, that of course it has people recognized from the show, of course. Um, and you coached, of course, that player is Nashawn Wright. Um, a lot of us look, coach. I'm going to be completely honest. A lot of us, when he was drafted, we all kind of looked at the screen and was like, really this this early like we all I, you know we were all very stunned and, and shocked and as we've watched him develop um you know we were walking away more and more impressed weekly um so one of the questions i actually wanted to ask you from where he was where you, where you started you saw him and you were coaching and you were you were working with him to where you kind of see he's at now what are the things he has developed really, really well since you last saw him? And what are some of the things he still needs to kind of, you see like, hey, he still needs to work on kind of this? So I, I think everybody's got to understand when I met Shawnee, right? I mean, I couldn't even think, I couldn't even say Nashawn, right? I couldn't even figure out what his name was, right? So I just started calling him Stick, right? <laughs> um, so he was trying to play receiver. And the problem with them being a receiver in my mind was that he had one, one small flaw, right? He couldn't catch the freaking ball, kept dropping it. And I'm like, what the hell? And then right after that, he would happen. He jammed his finger, kind of broke it, you know, and stuff. And then he kind of, well, I'm going to shirt. And he kind of disappeared. Well, what happened was he was kind of going through some stuff at home. And then the final straw was the biggest thing at home was his father just got, you know, shot and killed right after we had met. And so right after that, and this was, you know, about halfway through the season. So I went to his house and, you know, he tells her a bit, you know, and I just knocked on the door and I said, you know, Hey, get your ass off the couch. You know, this is not what your dad has in mind for you sitting on the couch, feeling sorry for yourself right now. Now I understand that you're hurt and I, and I understand that it, it hurts a lot. I don't have my father either. I explained to him and it hurts every day. And my father wasn't take, my father was taken because of age, not because of, you know, violent crime. And so I said, but well, what can you do different? And he goes, you're right. He never missed again. He hmm. got up and came back. And then we moved him to DB. Um, and we played him at safety and corner. We we're trying to play around. And I told our DC, well, why play him at safety? Our safeties have to do too much. Just put him at corner to start with. He's so long, make people throw over him and he can run. And those are the things that I think that the, what Dallas saw, right? You saw a 6'4", legitimately a 6'4 corner right, who can run a legitimate 4-4. Now, he, remember, he ran that at, 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 you know, pro day. This wasn't just me, and I clocked him at my little, you know, Seiko watch, right? <laughs> but he still ran a legitimate 4-4. And then when he played this year and I started, you know, he kept telling my coach, I'm going to leave this year. I go, why? The year doesn't even count. Stay. You got so much more to learn, right? And he goes, well, I'm ready. I go bullshit, you know, and he goes, well, everybody said, everybody said I can go now. I'm going to get drafted high. Who told you that? Well, these agents, well, of course they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you anything you want to hear. I said, let mm -hmm. me do this. Give me a minute. Give me a week, 10 days. I'll make some calls. Well, you know, I've been fortunate 42 years of coaching. I've worked in the national football league for 20 plus. I've worked for the Raiders for over, you know, 20 years. I did. Um, I've had the pleasure to be able to call Sean Payton, my friend, right. There's a lot of NFL coaches that, you know, for 40 years, they were high, they were college coaches that moved away themselves up, and now they're in the NFL. So I started calling some guys, and they kept saying, yeah, we don't even have a grade on him yet. We didn't know he was going to come out. I said, could you just take a look for me? And they did. 
And the grade was five to seven, probably what you guys thought, right? Five to seven. Yep. And then I started talking to some of them. I go, I go, remember, think about this. This kid's only played one year of DB at JC, and then he went to Oregon State. He never played in high school. He's seen things for the first time. What's going to change is when he's seen it two, three, four, five times. So that's what I'm saying when you're asking what he needs to work on is just getting to see it, right? I said what he won't need to work on, he won't need to work on being tall because he's already tall. He won't need to be work on fast because he can run. And I'll tell you what he really does best. He's a worker. He, he's hungry. He's a competitor. He wants to be great. He understands that he's not great, but he wants to be great. And he's going to bet on himself. Love to hear that. When they, right? So then they started looking at from a different lens. And all of a sudden his grade went to four or five. Then all of a sudden he goes, they kept saying, well, if he runs four, four, it could go as low as two. Mm. So when he went in three, I wasn't worried. I thought he was going to go three all along somewhere in that round, right? From three to four, I mean, two to four. That's where I thought because he could run. And I know he didn't have the pedigree and he was telling me about this later. He goes, well, coach, you know, I should have held out for a, 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 you know, an SEC or something. I go, shut up. You already (laughs) said you wanted to go power five because, you know, he could have stayed another year at Laney, right? Mm-hmm. I said, you wanted it, you know, you said you would, you go for a power five, you got a power five, you got in a position. I go, what would have been the difference? And this was after he got drafted, you know, he, he after minicamp, he, he, he came to Laney and worked out every day. And I said, what would have been the difference? So you would have went earlier in the third round. He went in the second round. Who cares? You get to be where you need to be. You go to a system, which we both feel that the system that Dallas is running, right. With the new DC mm-hmm. is going to be right up his alley. Right. I mean, he wants long corners. He wants yeah. corners that can, you know, that can cover, that can run. He, he can do that. So I think he fits in a great situation. Here's the other part that I really like. Sterling Moore, who played for me, right? He played for Dallas. He lives in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Well, during the season at Oregon State, I had Sterling reach out to, you know, Shawnee and just talk to him. So, you know, just give him some pointers, things to look at when you're watching a film. What When you're in the NFL, you learn to watch film way different than what we teach kids to watch film right we're looking at more schemes and stuff they're looking at little nuances that the receivers do right you're looking for the little minute details that you don't know yet and i think that shawnee sees the big picture but now he's going to learn the more minute details to be a better player within the system and i thought sterling could do that well guess what he goes to dallas sterling's right there but of course, now Sterling's actually doing an internship with uh, New Orleans with Sean. So I'm like, oh, well, that didn't quite work. <laughs> so, so what I'm what I'm gathering is that from what you're saying is you reached out to these coaches, and a lot of times we talked about this before on our show, where the fans might always fans aren't always in the know, of course. But the the league, the, the coaches, they know each other. They know what what other teams are looking for a lot better than we do, and. The big question was when he was drafted in the third round. Yeah, a lot of people were like, "Who is this? What? I, I don't. I don't have a grade on him. I didn't really look at him." Um, a lot of draft analysts said, "Hey, I didn't really look at him before." The big question is, was somebody else going to draft him, and that's why Dallas grabbed him so early because they're like, "Hey, we don't want to lose this guy." And from what you're saying, it kind of sounds like there might there is more interest around the league than probably most people think in drafting this guy. Well, I think the interesting part the the teams that that were talking to him, right, or that had expressed interest to me, were all similar type defenses, right? Seattle, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Dallas. You know, Sean and them at, at New Orleans weren't as high on him as probably some of the other ones, right? 
Um, you know, and I think it, it again, what I think people forget there, there's these elite, 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 elite players, right. That can fit in any system, right. They're just elite, mm -hmm. but the bulk of the people need to fit into the correct system. Right. And I think that's what we as fans sometimes, and I, you know, I consider myself a fan. I look at it on a fan point, but not, I'm not in that, that defensive room, right. I'm not in that that offensive what do you really want in a QB what do you really want in a wide receiver what do you want in an offensive line you know so for you know an offensive like I had Marvell Smith play 10 plus years with the Steelers two Super Bowl rings right and you know he's a gap guy and yet you know I think he's athletic he could have probably played in a zone system but you know they you know at the time with the Steelers run were gap and man right and so you know, that's what he learned in his career. And later in his year, life, career, did he, does he switch to being a gap, you know, a zone guy? And so it all depends on your system. And I think Shawnee, Shawnee's idea, one of the things we talked about too, right, was that, okay, can you be an inside corner, right, slot corner, the new name. Used to be, you know, inside corner, then it was nickel corner. Now it's called slot corner, right? We've <laughs> got these new names, right? And I think, you know, he can. I don't think he's as great at it maybe because he's so long. And then the other thing, when I was talking to a couple of people, I said, you know what? He could end up being a safety as well because he has such good range. Um, and I think it's important that you understand that, you know, and, and I learned a lot of that too when Sterling came out, right? So Sterling came out of SMU. I don't know if you guys know Sterling very well, but came out of SMU. And then I was able to help him get into the, with the Raiders, made the Raiders as a, as a, a undrafted, you know, free agent and made the practice squad. But they released him, and the Raiders were horrible at the time. And guess who picked him up? Belichick and the, and the um, Patriots. But the first thing they did is they moved him to safety mm -hmm. because he's so smart. And he could pick it up. And then by the end of the season, he's starting in the Super Bowl at corner. And I told him that you're going to be a guy that can stay in the league because – and you need to think Belichick. And he goes, why, Coach? Shoot, I, I want him to play more. They want to release me now, right? I said, because he puts you at both – safety and at corner and show people your versatility right yeah and, and, and one thing we learn. know is the nfl loves versatility like exactly the, love it right love and it. for a guy that's going to be a free agent a guy that's you know and he played i think shit eight nine ten nine years in the league you know and so because he could always fit in you know into a different system you know, Shawnee's not going to, you know, Shawnee doesn't have to be, he can be a dominant, he can end up being a dominant corner. He can be a guy that can lock down receivers, you know, but he's got to work at it. And I say that because he just doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't have the, uh, the encyclopedia in essence, right. Of all the things that he needs to know as a corner yet. So he just needs more experience at it. You know, you look at a guy now that's playing in college, a top D one corner, He's been playing seven on seven at corner, right? In these high power leagues, and he's playing at high school, playing, you know, and then he goes to college. Well, he's had a lot of experience. So, well, Sonny doesn't have that. He was playing receiver, right? And not at a high level, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. One of the things um, I had said, I was watching him in practice, and, he, you know, he's making these plays. And then uh, CD Lamb, who, let, let's be honest, CD Lamb is, is an absolute monster as a receiver. Uh, with his skill set and his move, his agility and, you know, lateral and stuff. And one of the things that we saw was Nishan's feet sometimes were getting a little crossed up on a double move on the inside. It just, for whatever reason, it, either he wasn't seeing it or 
because of his wide receiver background, whatever. Um, and I think that's probably me personally. I think that's probably his biggest thing. He technically he needs to work on because we've come away impressed with his ability to, you know, flip the hip. He, we've come away impressed with his ability to, you know, turn and track the ball, you know, turn back over his head and track the ball and, and high point it. And like, we're, we're all very impressed with these things. And so I think, you know, to it, I think if he can get some of that footwork down, that it comes with repetition and understanding the position and, and some of that, I, you know, he's going to be more impressive than I think most of us thought he was going to be right off the bat when, you know, we're all like, you know, Dane Brugler's like, I didn't, I didn't even look at the guy, you know, I mean, we're, that's how it was going. And so, um, yeah, I think he's going to be, he can do that. I it's, we've all come away impressed. So some of that of course is, is, you know, thanks to you and, and, and your coaching. Um, so, as we're looking at, you know, Nashon, you've told us some stories and you're looking at where he, he was and where he is and where you think he can go. Um, you know, Dallas switched to the defensive coordinators. We now have Quinn, who's going to be running this. I mean, we say it's a, a four, three, but it's really like a three, four hybrid kind of thing with a, you know, zones. And do you see Nashon currently more as like a zone style corner until he gets more of that experience or do you think he is ready to be to play a lot of man coverage or press coverage like where do you see him currently in that understanding as you've watched him progress and where where we've seen him at least at practice squads you know our uh, training camp and stuff like that what are you seeing as a coach so Quinn, Quinn's a match three zone mm-hmm. right and that's what he's perfect at, right? Match three, it's going to be – it's a man concept, don't get me wrong. But the same token, you're not on an island. You're not in zero, right? And so, uh, being playing match three, you know, he's going to get some underneath help, right? And he's going to have – he'll know where his leverage is coming from, and, and then he can use it. And so, that's why I think you see. Now, now working against CeeDee Lamb and some of the other guys that, you know, that you have, right, Amari Cooper, things like that, that want to do – you know, the league has become a lot of um, – basketball right in the sense you know they go in and out they go you know it's all choice routes and stuff like find open space right like it's and because you have quarterbacks that can buy time right it's almost like playing the street now like look you know get open you know when I first started coaching JV I was uh, I was doing a defensive coordinator I was coaching JV and we get to a point and it was like okay you know Joel Joel Slater this receiver just get open Ray run around until he gets open throwing the ball right and that's what it's come to right so he'll be fine what will happen, though, is that if he, I think that early on, you know, double moves, things inside, you know, when he doesn't have quite the uh, experience of seeing, you know, people like will have quick feet in and out. It's going to, you know, create issues. But guys like that create issues for everybody, you know, whether you're a rookie or a veteran, right? That's why those guys are around, you know. I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine. One thing is that because he's long. Um, and here's the other best part about him, right? He's in the book, right? He's in the playbook. He understands. He grasps it. He's a learner. And I tell people this. He took 23 units his last semester at Laney so that he could leave early. He passed them, you know, with over a three-point-something GPA, right? So when it's time for him to get down to, you know, get down to get down, he's going to get down to get down, right? He'll open that book. He'll understand. He'll watch film. Now, the question is, you know, is there enough veterans on that stage on that team, and I don't know the team well enough, that can start teaching them what to look for. When this guy does this, this guy does that, this is what's going to happen, right? Um, 
when they do, you know, when they line up like this is what you're going to see. That's the part that he'll have to catch up, but that's every rookie, right? Yeah. It, you know, are your safeties able to teach him? Is the other corner coming back going to be able to teach him those things to look at? Right. And that that's going to be the growing curve for your whole defense, right? As they learn this system, what Dan Quinn wants and how to make it all work with their individual talents. Right. Yeah. We have, we have a, a young secondary, so we, it's, we brought in some, uh, some veteran guys, but it's more safeties. Um, the cornerbacks are really young, young bunch. Uh, but one thing that I was impressed and I, I'm not sure if you were able to catch the game, the, the first preseason game on Thursday, but he played some time and he played, he played well. And I think a lot of people came away impressed and, it's early in training camp. You only, they only put pads on every once in a while now, and it's not really big tackling or anything. So that was another question I had. How is he going to, you know, once he gets contact in a game, how is he going to handle? And I came away very impressed. Uh, I believe he led the, the team in tackles and it wasn't because he was giving up a lot of passes and then tackling them 15, 20 yards. He was making stops in the run game. He gave up that one play, but I think we all know that was an obvious push off by Claypool. Um, and there was one where they ran, uh, I think it was a reverse or the running back got out wide and it was him one-on-one in the open field. And he made the tackle like right at the line of scrimmage. Didn't get beat. And I was super impressed with his ability to attack the ball. And he's a willing tackler. Yeah. I think that's one of the things he's not, you know, like we say, uh, he ain't no punk, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? He ain't afraid to put his face in there. The beauty that Atlanta was is that our corners coach who played for me, played at Cal was in the league. And so he teaches the, the kids how to tackle in a way that is efficient, but not going to give up your body either, right? You know, how to shoot from the outside leg, things of that nature. Our safety coach also played for me. Well, he was all conference at Utah State, and he's a hitter. So, again, they learn a lot of good tackling things early on. Now, if you go back to Nashon's first year, when Nishani was first year at Oregon State, right, I went up to a game when they played Utah. Utah just abused them, right? And so what they would do is they would shift and things and get him on the nub, right, so that the, so he was out on a tight end with no receiver, right, and then make him come and force the – be a, make him force the run. Well, and he didn't do great. This past half season, that kind of a bridge season we had in 2020, Teams did it early on, try to nub him, get him stuck on a nub. And guess what? He was fine. And all of a sudden they changed. <laughs> it didn't work because he got better at tackling. Again, he got better at it and he got stronger. He's only going to get stronger, right? And this is why I tell people, right? There was a reason I called him stick, right? I mean, you know, he didn't have much, you know, he was a skinny kid, right? He's not skinny anymore. He leaves Laney where he's, you know, driving two hours to commute, you know, dad has been killed. Right. You know, money is 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 not horrible, but it's not great. You know, you're eating fast food or whatever you can. Then you go to a division one program, you get to eat real food. You got, you know, meal plan. You can do better. Now you're going to the NFL. Right now. You, he's got no problems eating. You know what I'm saying? His body's going to start to fill out. And he is. I told him the other day, I said, I don't know if I can keep calling you stick, man. You got little guns now. Right. <laughs> and his brother, who I call pull, is really getting bigger. Right. So, again, those are the things that you're going to see that's going to change, right? And we, we, we call that grown man strength, right? And he's going to become even a more willing tackler when he fills out a little bit more. So, yeah, I think that that wasn't worried about that as much. Um, but, you know, he did fine in that game. So, 
Qu question for you outside of Nashon. Um, going back to, you know, Laney and looking at some of these other things. So where, where are you guys at right now uh, at Laney? And like, how are you feeling about currently what you have? Uh, let's hear about your program right now. Like what's going on going on there? Is there something you're excited about? Are there players you're excited about? Maybe a little tidbit for some of us who are draft Knicks, um, okay. you know? Sure. Sure. There's, so here's the deal, right? 2018, you know, Shawnee's there, his brother Ray, they're both my two corners, right? We're the number one team in the country. We're state champs. 2019, we get on last chance. You've got cameras everywhere you go. <laughs> and now I lose four quarterbacks within two weeks. And now we're not anything. So we're all fired up, come back. Kids are fired up. We had a young, young team. And then the pandemic hits. And this is what I think people don't understand when we see the pandemic, right? The pandemic hits. Kids that are at Laney, kids are from inner city, kids have been marginalized their whole life, right? Especially by society and education, right? They don't come back. So we had at the end of 19, possibly four division one linebackers, not one of us back at 21. Well, one just kind of is half in, half out, right? Life happens, right? They disappear. Um, we got a good team coming back. We got two freshman classes hanging out, right? We got a sophomore class that didn't leave, right? Because there's no scholarship offer. So we should be pretty good, but we haven't played. You know, we lifted, but we didn't really lift hard because we couldn't, you know, and last in 2020, the fall of 2020, we got out two days a week for an hour and a half that we could do it social distance and kind of give them something, right? Our biggest goal was trying to keep them in school, keep them, motivated to, to be academics first, right? Because that's all there was. You know, we have a 91% transfer rate in graduation as a junior college, an inner city junior college. I think people need to understand that, right? Um, but I'm fired up for guys like Ray, you know, Shawnee's brother. He's going to be at Oregon State. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I think he's going to be one of the top defensive backs in the Pac-12 and maybe in the country if he plays the way I think he can play. Everything you see Shawnee do, Ray's actually more – intuitive in that sense right um, but the biggest difference between the two and I tell Ray this all the time man you got to quit get get out of your press press clippings right you know you're not that good brother so <laughs> you got to keep working at it right and he knows that and, and I think he'll do better but Laney is right now we're, we're scared to play we start we'll put on helmets and shoulder pads this week for the first time you know we're, we're going to try to get out there we got 120 some kids out there right now um, but you know, in the big scheme of things, I'm just glad I got them because now I can keep them in school. Right. Yeah. Now I can make sure that they're, they're doing okay. We fed them all. So in spring, we met them with four days a week and we fed them two days a week. Right. And so, you know, if we can just keep these young people in, a, in the right frame of mind to understand that there's more to life than football and your education is the key, but the football is the carrot. And unfortunately when the carrot's not there, it's tough. Um, you know, think about it. You've been told you don't belong in school. You don't belong in college. And then college goes pandemic. You go online. Well, guess what? You don't have, they don't have computers at home. They don't have Wi-Fi at home. How are you supposed to zoom with your instructor? If you can't do it, they're doing it from their phones for God's sake, you know, and they're trying to do college level. And so we were not prepared the infrastructure wise for, you know, young people to be successful like that. Now, other places have been really, really good at it. Right. But we weren't. 
And so we got to make, we got to flip that script. So having that chance to be here, having that chance to see them every day and encourage them to do right and encourage them that they can go on to the next level. And Shani's a prime example for everybody to look at, right? Here's a guy that struggled in school, wasn't a high school qualifier, then gets his dad shot and killed. Every reason to give up, and yet he didn't. And now he gets to wear the star, America's team, right? I mean, let's face mm-hmm. it. I'm not a big Cowboy fan, but you know what? Say you play for Dallas and you got that star, carries a lot of weight around the whole world, not only the country. And that's important, right? So hopefully he's a beacon for a lot of young people. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, as fans, sometimes we all seem to forget some of those little things, you know, that, that they're still kids and that they're still, you know, we all look at them as these players and we look at them as these, you know, these athletes and these, you know, we're going to draft this guy and do this. And sometimes we forget some of that other piece of it that, you know, mm-hmm life still goes on and they're, they're college students and they're, you know, they're trying to get educations and they have backgrounds and they have futures and they have all of these other things, you know, and we look at them as strictly this, this football player. And that's a, that's something, you know, we all probably need to look, do a little better at uh, as we go forward. I mean, you know, it's why a lot of us, like Joseph and I both joined the service, right. We, we came from backgrounds that, you know, kind of pushed us to, to serve. Right. And so, um, it's something we probably all need to kind of kind of keep in our back of our heads. I think it's important, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a game at the end of the day. It's entertainment at the end of the day, right? But really what it is, it's a huge boost for young people to see a future ahead of them, right? And that future, even if you know I can't make it to the NFL, what I learn is I gotta set a goal. I've got to learn, I gotta work every day to meet that goal, right? So that I can take that, just like you said in the service, right? I can take that same mentality, that same conviction to my job, whatever that job is, right? To, to better myself. Absolutely. And I, I wanted to ask you, and you've kind of touched on it a lot with uh just just talking about uh Nation. And um, we saw it with the show last chance you with uh, his little brother, uh, Ray and the struggle. Six, three, six, three, little brother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> little brother, you know, but uh, we saw it with his story. If you followed the, sh- the show on last chance, you, you saw his, his story and um, the struggles. I think he, I think you, you mentioned it. They drove two hours to school, which yeah. that's, that's just, I, I couldn't imagine driving two hours to school every day. Like that's, that's a long way to travel. And I just can you speak to the type of we've talked we talked about the type of player he is. Can you speak to the type of man uh, Nation has become, and you've seen his growth from where he was to what he is now, and what type of man, player, leader that they could um, that fans could expect in the locker room? You know, I'm not sure if he's one of those like whole team leaders but he is a leader by example. Right. And I think his story is what makes him a leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he knew that he wanted to come, he went to two other JCs before he came to Laney, right. Because of all the hype and whatever reason, and everybody told him to come to Laney, but he wanted to go everywhere else. He came and it worked out great for him. And his brother came in as this high, high profile kid to JC, a kid that already had power five type offers, but, didn't have the grades, whereas Nashon had no offers, right? And yet 
what I want to tell everybody is that the problem that that you saw Ray kind of being irresponsible in 2019 on, on Last Chance You, that didn't happen when Shani was there. Shani carried his brother. And I told Ray that all along, that you don't, you're, you don't have Shani here. Now it's time for your ass to grow up. And he struggled with that. And he finally did, you know, and he's doing it now. But that's what that's what Ray needed. And that's what Shani brings, right? This this perseverance and this quiet leadership, right? That will be there. And he gets excited on the field. Don't get me wrong, right? He's an excitable guy, you know, and he's gonna, he'll get up there and he won't back down from anybody, right? So whether it's CC Lamb or Amari Cooper or Dak, whoever you got out there, right? He ain't backing down now, but he'll be respectful in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that will show up every day, that knows what it means to show up every day, right? Um, you know, his mom, you know, ended out, you know, to help herself and put herself in a better situation, became a longshore woman. I guess you got to call them longshore woman, right? She works on the docks. That's impressive. Right. To yeah. buy her own house. Now, to buy the house that they wanted, so unfortunately, was too, even though they grew up in Oakland and East Palo Alto. They had to drive two hours to afford a house to get in, right? You know, housing in California is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess you guys are feeling it in Texas now a little bit, but not <laughs> like we have been. And so, you know, that's what he is. I mean, he understands that sacrifice, right? To, to, to achieve greatness, you have to be willing to sacrifice. No, nothing is given. And I think that's what he'll bring. And I think that's what the fans of, of Dallas will find that he will work for it, right? And, you know, from on my end, is that I want him to be involved in the community. I want him to be an inspiration for young people in the community. I want him to understand that don't live in this, you know, secluded area. I mean, you can live in a secluded area, but don't forget where you came from, brother. You know, you need to go back to uh, into Dallas, you know, and go to Kimball and go to Dallas Carter, you know, and let them know what your story is about, right? That, you know, that they can make it as well. Skyline in, in Dallas, right? All those schools, right? that are what you guys consider inner city. And then out here, I look at it and go, that's inner city. Okay. <laughs> hey, I grew up, I grew up in the Trenton area. I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey area. So I trust me. I get right? it. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. And I go, okay. All right. I ain't seen no projects, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the point is that, you know, be a beacon for the next generation. Right. That's the, that's the deal. Right. And, you know, get out there and go. And I, and I think he will. I think, you know, like I said, it's a great city. He, he actually was already talking about Texas before he got drafted by Dallas, right? You know, well, coach, I think I want to live in Texas or Nevada, maybe because of taxes. You know, he's already thinking about financially how to take care of himself, right? Um, and so I thought I was really impressed with that, that he was thinking beyond, you know, the first day. And then even when he hadn't signed. So he was with us the day, you know, he signed, right, that night. And he wasn't worried. He says, yeah, I go, well, shouldn't you be signed now? And he's like, coach, they said the third rounders are kind of the weird guys that we're, you know, everybody else is slotted, but we're not quite slotted. So we got to be patient. I said, all right. But, you know, I've, I've been lucky. I've had over 20 guys playing the NFL. And my couple of the guys were able to come back and spend some. In fact, Sterling came by, Jarris came by, guys that played in the league, played in the Super Bowl, been able to kind of talk with them a little bit, just tell them what to expect that first year, right? You know, what, what are some of the things that, that kind of go away or the things that could, you know, pull your attention away from where, where it should be. And so I feel good about that. He, he's had a good understanding to be prepared for the off the field rigors and locker room rigors 
let alone just on the field rigors that are going to happen as a rookie. Yeah. So you, you were talking uh, earlier. I, I do want to bring this up. You, so what year, I, I, I couldn't remember what years were you with the Raiders? I spent, I ran their youth skill camp for like 10, 15 years, all the way, you know, shoot. When Gruden was, I got there before Gruden, after Gruden, I don't know. I've been there a long time, you know, all the way into the lockout. So whatever year the lockout was, I think it was last year that we did it. So I did it for a long time. I started working for um, the NFL in the late nineties, doing a lot of their youth programs. And so they ran these pilot programs, right where they wanted to bring give back. And so they ran them in three places. They ran them in um, New York, Chicago, and Oakland. And I ran, I was a regional director in Oakland. So we basically, what they did is they wanted to bring back, give back to the communities, right? And, uh, you know, bring football. Football was dying, right? It's not, not dying in Texas, maybe, but it was dying in, you know, in inner cities because of the expense and lack of coaching and and we tied in life skills and we tied in academics. So it was perfect. You know, it was right up my alley to do that. Yeah. Our, uh, one, one of our favorite follows, of course, on Twitter is, is Amy Trask. And yeah. so if you, if you've, you know, just wanted to kind of throw out, we are, we, we are all secretly a little bit of Raider fans because of Amy Trask. And, and you said, you know, you worked with the Raiders. So I want to kind of throw here, that out there. Here's an interesting. So the first time I met Amy Trask in person, um, we're doing the first skills camp in first year, second year, and it was hot and we're moving water around and stuff. And she was sitting on this woman was sitting on a cart reading a newspaper, like kind of watching, reading the paper, whatever. Hey, I need to use a cart. She says, okay, I'll drive you. All right. And then some, some staffers got all worried, like, Oh, Miss Trash, you shouldn't be doing that. And she goes, what do you mean? I can drive this car. I go, Oh, you're Amy Trash. Yeah. Okay. And I'm John B. Yeah. I know who you are. I met Al Davis years ago and it was, he was always, the Raiders were real good to me always. Right. So I got to meet Al, uh, Mr. Davis. I called him coach Davis. Like I thought, okay. Cause he, you know, I still think it was a coach. Right. And then um, was it two years ago, three years ago is when Dallas came into town to play the Raiders here, you know, they did their walkthrough at, at Laney. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet um, Jason Garrett and, you know, actually there was a couple of, um, you know, Martinelli's on the staff. So Martin, I've known Martinelli for years, right. So it was good to, you know, kind of see it. And, and it was so funny because things that they covered, this is what I'm talking about. You had a veteran defense, things that they talked about in their walkthrough. It ended up turning out, I believe there was a pick at the end of the game or something, or a big tackle at the end of the game by your linebacker. The same scenario was covered actually in the walkthrough. Oh, wow. And, you know, the same thing occurred. I go, well, shit, this is what they just covered. It was perfect. And that <laughs> kind of made me think about, how I need to make my walk through way better than how it is currently. You know, <laughs> I remember that play. Jeff Heath uh, got him uh, Derek Carr to fumble out the end zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny. You know, we all as Cowboys fans give Jason Garrett a really hard time. Like we all, lots of reasons. We we all give him a really hard time. But that was the one thing Jason Garrett was really well known for was his attention to detail like he was always about attention to detail we wish he would take more chances we wished he was a little less like we're going to do it this way and that's the only way to do it and next man up and you know and adjust for injuries and certain things that we all got mad at but um there he was absolutely attention to detail and that Mm -hmm. was always apparent with jason garrett so it's interesting you say that because that's one thing all cowboys fans appreciated with him was his attention to detail 
Yeah, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, he was very humble. I mean, he made sure to come out and thank me for letting him use the field. And then, hey, what questions can I answer? You know, I mean, I'm just, I was taken aback, you know, like, hey, well, I thought, you know, you know, big time guy come into it. But he, I would, he knew, you know, it's like when you're a coach, you understand your roots, right? You know what I mean? Like, hey, I, I used to be that guy, not age wise, but, you know, a guy work his way up, whatever, whatever. Take the time to say, hey, you know, you ask a question, go ahead and ask him a question. You know, you find, all right, well, coach, why did you do that? You know, this is some of the things that we do. I thought I'm pretty impressed by that. He goes, yeah, this is the things that we hope, you know, these are scenarios that we want to cover. It was interesting, you know, and again, he had no problem saying that and then moving on. Right. So again, I think that's one of the beauties of coaching, right. We share that we, it is a brotherhood. It is a fraternity. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you do those things, cause it is a small world, right. I mean, I met Sean Payton when he was 27 years old. You know, his first coaching job, you know, and yet, you know, when the last chance you came, he's one of the first people to call me and text me about the whole show. So it's good. You haven't changed you know? <laughs> in 20 years. You haven't changed. I said, yeah, coach, I guess I haven't, but either have you, you know, <laughs> so. Except now he good. had, now he has some hardware that, you know, the rest of us don't have, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He does. He's still fiery, you know, but I think it's just, it's great to see that. Right. I think it's great um, that, you know, we realize where we come from, right? And that's what I, you know, one of the things like I'm telling son, don't forget where you came from, brother. You know what I mean? Because I tell you, NFL, what does it mean? And I don't know, is this an R-rated, X-rated, or a GP-rated <laughs> Whatever show? you want, just, whatever you want it to be. Well, yeah. like I tell him, NFL stands for not for fucking long. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so understand that, brother. You know, you don't work, your ass is out. So, and he, nope. you know, he gets it. That was one of the greatest scenes in the old NFL films. If you remember the coach who said that when, you know, you know what that stands for? Not for long. If you keep playing like that, like it's, I think every fan who was alive during those old school, you know, voice of God, NFL football days, NFL films days, everybody remembers that. And it's so true, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can be, you know, if you get a guys get, you know, a year in the league, you, you should be thankful, right? I mean, you get to go to camp. I've had some kids go to camp. I'm like, man, you made it to camp. Well, that's all I made. Yeah, shit. How many people didn't even make it to camp, brother? Right. You know? And so, and, you know, I've been able to, you know, I've been able to be at Super Bowls. I was at the Super Bowl in the confetti. I was on the field as the confetti was coming down with, with Marvell, my daughters and I. I mean, you, you talk about a priceless experience, you know? Um, it's phenomenal. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, Coach, we want to thank you for stopping by. Um you know, thank you so much for your knowledge. We would love to maybe have you on later during the season as Nation plays a little bit and get your kind of feedback and see what you think. If you got time, I know you're going to be Absolutely. coaching, but if possible, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I appreciate you again. And I apologize for my tardiness. I'll go run yeah. some gassers after this for. No, 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 you're good. I think, I think you've run enough and you're, you're <laughs> good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, good hey, thank you guys. Right. And just keep reminding him, man, just keep, keep his head up and keep grinding. That's all you got to do when you see him. Tell him I said to keep grinding. Absolutely. Thanks. In fact, I'm going to be Thanks, heading coach. out to the star to watch some of the practices. So I'll make sure bump into okay. him. I'll be talking to him for you. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. Huh? Thanks, Take coach. Care. Bye now. So there was our special guest, guys. Um, coach, you know, I, I think that was a pretty – there was some enlightening stuff in there, stuff none of us knew. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a little shocked that with all the talk to other teams about what round he could go in, that that was never picked up by anybody else. You know, here we are drafting him in the third, and 
analysts and even even teams within the NFL were like, this was early for this kid. But yet, you know, he's mentioned him Philly, Dallas, he said the Seattle, Seattle, Saints. Yeah. They knew. Yeah, it's interesting because we all knew that this year, we've talked about this before on the show, the draft was weird this year because of the pandemic and you didn't have the um, tri- the, uh, the combine. That happens. You didn't yeah. have the group think that happens. So like I said, he was hearing from agents. Nashon was hearing from agents that he would go early. And Coach Beam said that he's like, please let me make calls because agents are going to tell you whatever they want to sign you. So he started making calls. And like I said, they had him as a five to seven because they really didn't know that much about him. He had one year, really, well, two years, a, well, year. a, year, yeah. a year and a half of, uh, of football, uh, of Division I football at, at a Pac-12 school and not even one of the top Pac-12s, Oregon State. So it was a little iffy. But then he started talking to him and said, hey, you know, go back and watch this tape. Watch this. Watch that. And then they started going, oh, you, you know what? You're right. And they started moving him up the board. And I think that has a lot to do with it is that, you know, we had that weird year. It was a weird year of scouting. They didn't have the group think, like you said, there's a lot of not, uh, teams were probably not on the same page, but this guy fits a specific scheme really well and Dallas and happens it, to run that scheme and we happen to run it right right so there were some some definite nuggets um you know as you guys hopefully listen to this episode you know maybe you guys can pull out some nuggets well we can talk about them um you know just just a really fascinating conversation uh listening Absolutely. to him kind of talk about some things and some things that never came out in his story and and just some neat little tidbits about nation um so hopefully that gives you guys some excitement uh, on on watching, you know, Nashon kind of continue his development, um, you know, goods and bads, you know, let's see how he plays out. Yeah, um, like I said, I didn't know a ton about him coming in uh, when we drafted him. And basically, I've been watching him. Uh, we've been watching him grow in mini camps and training camp and now the preseason game. But you really don't get that sense of how much he's dedicated his life to his craft and how he's a student and how he, hey, uh, he struggled at something in the very next year he went, he worked on that. And now he, he, he considers it a strength of his, you know? Um, so like being able to recognize his mistake and correct it and fix it and move on. That's huge. That's something I didn't know yet about him. So knowing that from his coach, that, that, that gives me more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely interesting. And, you know, people also thought he was the same guy as his brother too, right? Like there was a little bit of that, um, from what you saw in Last Chance you and and mm-hmm. obviously that's not really true. So super interesting conversation. Um, you know, this is going to be a little bit a touch longer of an episode. So I, I want to kind of push to the next thing so that we can get through the episode. We can yeah. we can go back maybe next week and talk a bit more about the interview. Um, we're always available on Facebook. So let's go back. You know, you talked about right as a positive during the the preseason game and which is why we kind of wanted coach beam on as well uh, to kind of talk about that. Cause he did stand out during the, the, yeah. the preseason game, which kind of tied into us talking about the first preseason game. Um, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks, you know, there's a couple of things that I'm a little, I'm, I'm happy about our wide receivers look solid. Our wide receiving core behind the top three looks pretty solid all in all. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I don't think anybody's having an issue with that right now. Um, I think that there's still going to be some questions at safety. There's definitely some questions back there, both starter and reserve at this point. I think that's still up in the air. Um, You know, 
what else did you kind of, so before we get into our two position groups, which really is how we kind of came up with these two position groups for this week was watching this preseason game. Like what, where were you kind of like, mm, this is really nice or mm, this is not really nice. So yeah, um, this is going to be a little weird, but um, it kind of ties in. I don't want to get too much into the position groups because we will, we'll do address those in a, in, in a minute, but um Knowing us, this is going to be a little weird, but I was, I did like the linebackers and the way that they, they ran free because the defensive line played really well. Um, but they were able to run free and Parsons and LVE and the limited snaps they took looked active and they looked fast. And I really liked that. Um, the defensive line kept them, kept them clean and they were able to run and they played well. Um, I still, Still have my questions. I've, I, I tweeted out a, a thing about Jalen, how on the Mike Parsons uh, fumble recovery, Jalen froze and kind of like shuffled his feet. And Parsons was already reacting. He was still shuffling his feet. And it's like, dude, react, go. Like, how is Parsons reading this before you? You know, um, so there that. But LVE Parsons looked really fast. Um, DBs looked good. Uh, we talked about right. I really liked what um, I like Joseph as well. He only got beat once on a quick like five yard out. You know he did. He played very limited snaps as well, but it was a quick five yard out. He looked good. Um, I, I liked how they looked um, in the first series. I thought that the, the D line kind of got pushed back a little bit, but then they got better um, as the game went on. They 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 really stopped the run really well, um, and then the offense was good. I mean, uh, besides the quarterbacks. Even though I think Gilbert was good, besides the quarterbacks, I think the offense looked really good. I think the the offensive line blocked well in the beginning. That the, obviously, like the third string, the backup offensive line was not great, but the starters blocked well. Um, and then our wide receivers are our wide receivers. I mean, yeah. like like you said, there I'm not worried about the depth behind the top three. Yeah, and and one thing I did make a comment with, and this you know everybody knows how I feel about the off ball linebacker, but look, the entire defense looked faster. Like, yes. and that was at linebacker, that was at cornerback, that was at safety, that was even at defensive line somewhat. Like, there was an, a, a definite difference in speed that you could, even in bad plays, you know, you were like, they're faster, they're catching faster, they're, they're, they're recovering faster, they're moving a little faster, they're like the speed was definitely there. And that was something that was noticeable, you know, even in, in this later in the game when you were getting, you know, fourth level guys you're like that's still faster than what we're yeah. used to you know and i i i, I want to shout that out because you know as much crap as sometimes we we're like oh they need to work on this and we need to work on this and you know there was a definite noticeable change in speed on this defense and I, you know i think it was i think that's a good sign moving forward regardless how they play i think that's something you can build upon um you know, regardless of, of good, bad this year, 2021, 2022, whatever, I think that's noticeable that that was a shift was to get more speed. You can't teach um, speed. Yeah. So you're right. You have so, it or you don't. And I think that was a really, really good thing. Um, so for the position groups, you know, one of the position groups that kind of stood out that I think most of us saw and we're like, hold up. Um, oh, we're going to take a second here. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, um, so was running back. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're part of that whole, like, Hey, you can get production out of running backs from everywhere. Look, we know what Zeke's going to give you. I mean, he had some plays, he was beating people to an edge that he wouldn't have done in previous years there. That was noticeable in this game. 
he got to an edge at times that you were like, he wouldn't have made that play two years ago or a year ago. Well, I, I think you're talking about the Rams practice because he didn't play in the preseason. Game. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry with the, with the, yeah. with the thing. Um, but you're seeing that. So we already, yes. th- I, what I mean is, is like, we already kind of know what we're going to get out of Zeke. Yes. Right. Yes. Like leaving him aside, um, you know, you're seeing it in the, in the practice. Sorry. I was kind of two thoughts in one on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're seeing it in the, against the Rams. He's getting to the edge. He's, he's beating things he wouldn't beat. He didn't play in the first game, but you already kind of know what you're getting out of Zeke anyway. There's no yeah. reason to play him just like there's no reason to really play Dak too much um, or Amari or for some of these guys for that matter. You know, you have now you're looking at Pollard, you're looking at uh, Dowdle, you're even looking at a little bit of Ralston, you're looking at a bit, um, although I can never say his name right. It's like Ojuwan, on Juwan. Yeah, I, I, that I got guy. names. Yeah, um, but you're you're seeing this this shift, right? Like there is an actual core back there that you're like, man, this is you know behind Pollard, which obviously is your number two, and you know we can talk about how great or bad or whatever. You know what Zeke is. You know Pollager too, right? You, I think these these two things are locked in regardless. But you have a little core back there that I think was really kind of stood out a little bit during the game. Um, I, how do you feel about the running back situation? Like, you know, you you saw it, and each one of them made different types of plays. You had Ralston in there making some stuff, doing some blocks, doing some other things. You had. Alawan, uh, you or whatever, doing his stuff. You had, you know, Dowdle was. I think people were extremely impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the of the running back group as a whole, and kind of how you're how you feeling about it? Uh, I think the most impressive guy out there on the field was Dowdle. Um, I think Pollard played okay. We we kind of know what Pollard is, um, like kind of Zeke. Pollard's not going to be your starter, but he's going to be a capable change of pace back who can make plays. Um, I was very impressed by Daddle. I think he ran the ball well and he caught the ball at the backfield. Well, um, the, so I've, I've heard some things that Dowdle might be written his name on the 53 and pen. That's still hard for me because even though he's playing really well and I like what he showed, it's hard for me with three running backs and, uh, and no fullback. That, or right. are you going to go three running backs and a fullback? Are you going to carry four in a position? It's kind of hard. Right. Um, and then uh, I know I've heard a lot of things that they like their fullback on Juwani, on Juwali yes. or whatever. They like him, and he showed a little pop in the game. But he's kind of like a running back. He's kind of like um, a running back kind of as a fullback. Like yeah. he's a better receiver and a runner than he is a blocker, which is – that's a running back to me. That's not really a fullback. You know, he got he got lit up on the goal line on Dowdle's big run where Battle almost broke a ninety five a ninety nine yard run. Like he had one man to beat, but he got shoelace tackled. Um, on that run, he technically made the block because the guy didn't get to Dowdle, but the dude laid him out into the. Yeah, he, was, he was like more in the way than anything. Yes, he got. <laughs> He got leveled. Yeah. And yeah. So like I'm like, Ralston, on the other hand, is not the runner that he is, but Ralston's a way better blocker. And he he was laying some good wood out there. So like it's just, you know, what are you gonna want? Do you do you keep that third running back if you're gonna keep a fullback? Are you do you want a fullback that's a little bit like your running backs, or do you want a fullback like a blocking fullback? Now, my the way I'm talking, you might be like, Oh, you're a little biased towards Ralston. I might be. 
<laughs> I might well, be a little bit biased, it could, but, but it's it's just look, what I want. It, and it's a, gonna a, be it's gonna be about other other positions too, right? Like so, if they go only two tight ends, they may decide to keep a guy like Ralston and be like, hey, we're going to use you as this blocking tight end because we don't have a third tight end. So when they get to the 53, it isn't just about necessarily the player and the specific position. It's how it fits into what they've done. Can they sneak a guy onto a practice squad or are they going to try to put him on the 53 because then they don't want to get him poached, right? So like we look at that and, and look, if Dowdle's kept and they try to sneak both fullbacks or one of the fullbacks on or, you know, that's that changes the conversation than if they went three tight ends, one fullback, then you might try be trying to sneak out or somebody onto practice squad and they may not yeah. want to do that. So like there is, there is a little bit to it of like, Hey, Hey, we have to figure out the numbers and who we think we can sneak in, who we can't sneak in because then they can start playing with those positions a little bit more. Even so um, I'll say if you yeah, want, that's, that's a key. I'll say if you want to sneak Dowdle onto your practice squad, you might want to stop playing him in preseason games. <laughs> no, that, kid, I, that kid's making that's, some plays. Yeah, but but then then the question is, is who else do you have, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it's going to be a question of how they how they see all the other positions and how they go long or short at certain things too. Um, so you know, I think the running back was absolutely a really really good um, show. Um, the other one that you talked about, which I, I think had a little bit more mixed mixed results, but played well, was defensive tackle. There were some there were some mm -hmm. moments in there, especially with some of the depth guys, that you were like, "Ooh, uh, hmm, I okay," you know, or or you were just like, uh "Um, okay." So if that guy is getting pushed a little bit, I don't know. But then, you know, you you saw with like Bohana and stuff, you were like, "Okay." Yes, you know, and and I think that's that's definitely a, a positive sign. I think they were better than to. I think they were a little bit better than to be expected, but I also think they did show a little bit of like, hey, we need to temper this just a little bit, mm -hmm. um, especially at depth. Um, you know, I kind of I, I liked it. You know, they they moved some guys in and out. Now some of it was also moving them in and out. You saw Urban as a three four end at one point. You know, a lot of people have him as a as a as a one tech or something. So they you know, they moved some guys around was my point. Uh, you saw that a couple times. And so that may had something to do with, with what we were seeing as they were testing rotations out. And, yeah. You know, what did you think of defensive tackle? I liked it. I think I gave it a much better grade than, than, a, you know, the, the cons, like there were more positives than cons. I think there were some cons to it. Um, but it, that you could definitely tell there was a difference from last year. Um, and, you know, of what they were trying to do and what that looks like. So what did you think of it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I gave him a positive grade. I think there were some ups and downs, but overall they played really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like you said, Bohana, um, he, he was that guy, he, he, you know, he's lost weight since he got drafted, but he's still that guy. He was, he was, the, the offensive line was struggling to move. I saw multiple times they were double teaming him and he wasn't going forward, but they weren't, he wasn't going backwards, you know? So yeah. that's, that's a positive sign. And then, um, Osa, I saw some, up and down play, but I think overall he played really good and he had a few really, really good moves where he just tossed the offensive lineman. Um, you know, I think he, you know, as a third round rookie, 
uh, he has the possibility to flash um, and, and continue to get better, kind of like Gallimore did. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he grows. There was one play where they were on the goal line and Bohana took a double team and stuffed it and was just stuffed them from moving anywhere. And Osa just kind of swam, did a swim move and just went right by his guy. And the running back had to cut and go outside, which, and then he eventually got tackled for like a one or two yard gain on the outside. But it was because Bohana stuffed the middle and Osa, if he would have tried to go up the middle, Osa was right there. He was standing right there waiting to wrap his arms around him, you know? So it was, it, it, it they, they made some really good plays and I, I was uh, quite impressed. And they let, like I said before, they let the linebackers run clean, which is yeah. very important. Like yeah. if, you, if you watch later in the game, Luke Gifford was flying around there. He wasn't making the tackles, unfortunately, but he was flying around because there was nobody blocking him. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a, that is a question I still have is, you know, pressure, like how are like mm-hmm. some of that's still a little bit of a question mark in depth. Um, you know, there was, there was definitely some times where you were like, Ooh, maybe you were a little out of that spot, um, you know, but I think overall they did really well. And I was, I was definitely pleased with what I saw um, on the vast majority of it. Again, look, when you're super late into the game and you have a quarterback who, who isn't completing pass and your defense just keeps coming out in the field, like you're going to see what you're going to see, right? You're talking about like your fifth defensive tackle out there yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, he's playing next to a defensive end who, you know, let's be honest, probably won't be on the team in the next, you know, three weeks, you know, so some of that is tempered. I get it. But like, there were some definite moments where you were like, man, that is a really strong play. I really like that flash. I like that. And then there were some moments where you were like, man, more consistent, like, because you've shown it before, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here, but just be more consistent. Um, But it wasn't as apparent as it has been in previous seasons where you were like, you would watch and you'd be like, okay, I don't just need you to be more consistent. I just need you to be consistent. Like, I just want you to do it once. Like, give me, yeah. Give me something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, can we do it twice in a game? Right. Yeah. Consistency, you know, like, <sighs> but yeah, I, I really like the defensive line. I think um, that is something that we we're going to watch and, and kind of see develop, especially not next week. Uh, but the following week is really where we're going to see a little bit more on that and hopefully get a fuller picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause this week, you know, it's, it's preseason game two. Technically it's going to be played like preseason game one last year. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be more on that speed where you'll get a, the first team in maybe for a quarter, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, um, you know, maybe half a quarter, if they can score a touchdown early, maybe they'll start pulling guys. Um, you know, if the defense gets a turnover or two early, they might start pulling guys, something like that. Uh, but I, I think the third game, which would technically be the second game for most teams. Um, I think that's going to be the big, Hey, what, what do we really have? And especially when they start rotating guys in with starters, because that's mm-hmm. the other piece of this, right? You, you know, if you're, if you're playing with your fourth, you know, your fourth, or excuse me, your fourth string, not even your fourth, your fourth string safety and your fourth string cornerback who are not going to be here, you're going to see coverage lapses. But you put one of those guys in with, let's say, you know, fourth string corner with your starting safety, it looks different. If yeah. you, you know, it, it having that experience and that guy who can do alongside a guy who maybe is struggling to or still learning to do, it changes the dynamic and what that person is able to do. Cause now he trusts 
the safety or the defensive tackle or, or the tight end or whomever is going to be there. They're supposed to be. Whereas when you're talking this, it's not great football because a lot of these guys, I mean, it's not that they don't know the play, but they're all guys who have a lot of work to go and, and mm-hmm. a lot of learning. So, um, you know, and, and teams aren't schemed and you're not schemed and you're just calling plays and just running stuff out there and seeing what sticks to the wall. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked about that. We, we had a great talk with coach, um, you know, preseason game two, you know, it's uh, Friday, I believe, if I'm right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, preseason game two, it's, it's going to get a little chippy, I think, as it always does when we, when we do practices with other teams, it gets chippy during the game. Um, as we saw in training in training camp, it's getting a little chippy with the Rams. Um, what are you looking for in, in preseason game two? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking just for that consistency, you know, the, that good play from, uh, the first game, uh, to the second game, bring it to the next game. Are you going to be able to repeat that same play with, with some of these guys getting a little bit more extended look at certain players, like, you know, um, getting a little bit more of nation, Wright, Getting a little bit more of Kelvin Joseph and Micah Parsons, uh, just getting a little bit, uh, a longer look at them, seeing how they do. Um, can they, like I said, could be consistent in game to game uh, situation are we going to see are we going to see Dak that's that's a question are we going to see Dak at all I don't know if we should I think we should probably wait another game he's going to get back into throwing this week um most likely um so I'd wait another week I I wouldn't I I wouldn't play him I wouldn't play him against Arizona this week I'd probably you know get him in for a series or two um the third week and that's it and um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they do and if they want to get them in or not. And maybe a couple of uh, one series search. Um, but I don't. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I just really want to see more extended play from the guys, the young guys, and just carry it over week one, yeah. week two, carry it over. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I think I'm looking for to see that fire this week. For whatever reason, they didn't even have to play the same team. Whenever they have a, a training camp week where they're playing another team in training camp, that game always gets chippy. Whoever they play, the next, right? Like it's like yeah. they get all mm-hmm. these frustrations. I don't and so I'm kind of interested to see just how the fire is for this team coming out of training with the Rams and 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 now getting to step on the field with the Cardinals and you know, like, are they going to be chippy? Are they going to be, you know, what's that fire going to look like? Um, I always look for that every year because we've seen it in years past where they have this fire and then they get into the game and they're flat. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, 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 and we've seen years where they seem to have this fire, they get into the game and they have some fire and that carries, that's that deep. You get a little bit of fire on that defense throughout the year. So it's kind of a marker for me to kind of see how that fire looks. Um, I, I definitely want to see more, of the defensive line. I want to see that develop, continue to develop, see that consistency. I'm really curious on how that's, how that's being built. Um, we saw it, there was some four, two in there. There was some three, four in there. There was some four, three in there. Um, we kind of, we've seen it now for a couple of weeks with training camp and preseason, these different looks. Um, so really interested to see kind of how they're still evolving that and rotating people in and out, you know, Jabril Cox getting in, why is he in, what's he doing? What's his role? Um, you know, are they using him, you know, just interesting stuff on the defensive side offense. I want to see, get, I want to see them use a little more, um, look, some of his quarterback play, but let's see, let's see you use some other things a little differently than the wide, you, you've been using the wide receivers. You're showing what you got. 
let's see you use your tight ends a little more. Let's see you use your running backs differently. I want to see if they if they're going to build on that a little yeah. bit and, and use them a little differently. Um, you know, in the passing game, just just little things. You know. Uh, from game one to game two, are they building towards, you know, hey, we're going to throw this two running back set out there right now uh, with our backups and see, you know, see how it goes. So uh, I'm curious. I'm curious on some of those little things that lead to game three, which ultimately lead, will lead to the the regular season. And yeah, season, preseason game two is interesting because that's where you start seeing guys separate themselves, but you also start seeing little clues yeah. of what the team is kind of looking at, like, rotation wise kind of situation wise um preseason game twos are always really fascinating to me so um won't be great football again guys um it's not going to be you know you're don't don't go out there and expect you know it could it could be a 40 to to 10 game it could be a 40 to 38 game it could be a 17 to 3 game i mean you don't expect a ton out of this. Don't, you know, for those of you who are betting on preseason games, please stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but it, watching some of these things will lead to kind of where this team is seeing itself and where it needs to build and kind of this, this rhythm that they'll get into, which is always fascinating. Uh, but yeah, I think we had a good show this week. We had the special guest, uh, you know, where, where can we find you online, Joseph? Yeah, you can find me. Oh, on- by the way, congrats on your article. Um, oh, for those who you. haven't read it, um, congrats on your article. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter um, at the J.A. Massey. There is a link to the article if you want to check that out as well. And uh, you can find the podcast at Podcast4D. Absolutely. And you can always catch me at Dan underscore Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. And of course, uh, for those of you who know, you can always egg me on with linebacker talk, um, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> sometimes I'll respond, sometimes I won't. Um, but yeah, you can guys come check us out. You know, there we'll, we'll be watching for some things this uh, preseason game too. And, you know, hopefully some of these rookies, all of them, you know, I'd look, I want them all to do well. So absolutely these rookies keep developing and uh, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you.